Hey you guys, what's going on? It's another movie retrospective and we're talking about more Universal Monsters. Yeah, you guys are like so excited about these. Going back to the classics. <laughs> this one got voted on, right? Yes, it did. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And I had actually been wanting to do this one for a long time because I haven't seen the Weirdly, because the sequel to this, uh, you know, which is, what was it called? Revenge of the Creature? That was on Mystery Science Theater. So I've actually seen the the uh, sequel to this like more than I've seen the actual one. So I was excited to go back and watch the actual sequel one, first one. It's not bad. I mean, okay. it's not as good as the first one. Okay. But And there's a third one, too, which I had forgotten about it. And like the third one, I haven't seen, but it looks kind of terrible from like yeah. clips of it. <laughs> you know this I mean? one is good for the time. Um, not only a couple things have aged well in it, if you ask me. But I can see why it's classic. I mean, yeah. I kind of feel like the thing about this one. I love this movie, honestly. Um, the best thing about it, um, is the monster and like the suit. You know what I mean? Like that still looks great. I feel like the underwater action shots. Yeah, I think that's kind of yeah. where this movie really shines. Yeah. Uh, you know, more than anything. The thing about it is, I kind of feel like by this point, because Creature from the Black Lagoon came out in nineteen. 54, uh, you know, which is considerably later than a lot of, like, Universal Monsters' heyday, you know what I mean? This was, like, the first new monster they'd introduced. The thing about it was that all the old-school monsters, you know, like Frankenstein and Dracula and the Wolfman and the Mummy and all that kind of stuff, um, you know, nobody was going to see, like, throughout the 1940s and stuff, nobody was really going to see those monsters, at least in, like, a serious horror movie context. Like, it seemed like the only movies that were coming out that were doing any business at that time were ones that were, like, funny, like Abbott and Costello meet whoever. So They were riffing on the classics. Right, and yeah. that's what I mean. So, like, when the 50s came along, obviously anybody that knows anything about film history in the United States, it's like, obviously the 50s was all about monster movies and sci-fi, so this was Universal's attempt to do something more along those lines. So they did actually like introduce a new monster, which quickly kind of became as iconic as the old ones had. But I mean, the thing about this, like the guy that had the idea for it, I guess he had the idea for it like way back in the early 1940s. He was talking to, um, I think it was somebody that was working on Citizen Kane and he was talking to like the cinematographer and the cinematographer was from Mexico and he said, he was talking something about like some story in the Amazon about like a half man, half fish person or something like that. So there was like some kind of urban legend or some kind of like, you know, mythology about it. And the guy was like, ooh, that's like kind of a cool idea. So like many years later when he got approached by Universal and they were asking him, hey, can you come up with like a monster movie sci-fi kind of mashup thing? He remembered that and he wrote a story that I think was initially called The Sea Monster. And then it went through a couple different iterations uh, of that. And they finally filmed it as like Creature from the Black Lagoon. So, you know, the story of this one is like pretty simple. It's like pretty straightforward. You got kind of like at the very beginning, you have like an archaeologist type dude. And he finds this sort of like fossilized claw of what looks like a half fish, half man, pretty much. Yeah. And, you know, thinking that it was like some extinct animal that is not around anymore, he's like, woohoo, we need to go like find the rest of this 
fossil, so we need to go down to the Amazon. So him and like a bunch of uh, kind of interchangeable white dudes, <laughs> they kind of all look the same. Everybody yeah. looked the same in these movies. Yeah. I was like watching, um, if you guys don't know about, uh, what's that channel called? It's like Count Wolfula or whatever. Like that dude's like super funny. And he did a, um, a breakdown of this too. And he said the two main guys in it, he couldn't tell them apart. So he's like the whole love triangle thing, like with them and Julia, Julia Adams, like the hot chick in the white swimsuit. Like he was just kind of like, so I was like weirded out by this whole thing. Cause I couldn't tell one from the other. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's shot in black and white. They're all basically wearing the same style of clothing. They have the same voice. Yeah, a lot of them did. And the acting styles were the same that they that they taught these guys. And they are all speaking basically kind of like transatlantic. Or it's stage acting. So they all end up being the same guy. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they do kind of look a little bit different. Yeah, the only guy that isn't the same guy is the Mexican guy. The guy captain in the boat. You know, but Nestor they're, Paiva, they're, who was also in the sequel. He's great, yeah. actually. But if you go look in a lot of these 50s movies, even like The Thing from Another World or the original Thing, the, 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 the dudes are all kind of like carbon copies of each other. And I think it has to do with the fact that it's shot in black and white. They're wearing similar clothes and they're all using kind of that same announcer's voice. Yeah, so not, they all, they definitely had a type. The same, yeah. Like 50s white dudes in, in movies always, they had a type. There's a type, yeah. That they always put in there. Like the authoritative right. white dudes that were the, in there. They were, they were official were, white dudes. Like, <laughs> official the, white dudes. Official white dudes, there's only like three or four different models. <laughs> but they all looked alike, too. They, they, all, they all wore the same clothes, you know, a lot of times. So, I could, they well, didn't have a lot of individual personality, right. on screen personality. It, 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 like, the leading man is always the same fucking dude. I mean, Basically. it might as well be. Might as well. It might as might well, well be. Might as well be the same dude. Um, they just really hadn't... They hadn't really perfected the, the craft of movie making yet to make something with a bunch of interesting, compelling characters. yeah. There, there are a few exceptions when it, came to, when it, came, when it comes to sci-fi horror. Um, uh, fucking, uh, War of the Worlds. Okay, Pretty much every... But that was not black and white, but every character in that was distinct. Yeah, and then uh, them, with the with the ants. Yeah, pretty distinct. You can see how them and the creature from the Black Lagoon influenced Alien and Aliens a lot. Yeah, big time. You know, um, I think I think uh, Cameron was making classic monster movies, but then just updating them. You know, when he did when he did Aliens, and then Ridley Scott is trying to perfect. 50s monster movies in space too he's trying to make it realistic you know uh with real people in it not archetypes stage archetypes yeah that's you know? actually a good point because i kind of feel like a lot of 50s sci-fi movies like yeah they weren't so much characters as archetypes they're archetypes yeah like you know right and ridley scott blew it out of the water with alien one all of a sudden it's real people real working people in space like truckers or 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 they're like merchant marines on the ocean but it's men and women and uh, different socioeconomic classes. You have the enlisted and the officers, and there's tensions kind of between them and corporate culture. But they're not acting. They're just kind of... A lot of that shit was, was ad-libbed, and they were just being regular people in there, which is very different from a... Well, Classic like I said, I think movie. that was kind of more of like a 60s development, like yeah. 60s and onward with like, you know, kind of more of a like a cinema verite or like a more, right. 
you know, naturalistic filmmaking style. Yeah. Whereas prior to that, I feel like it was much more still like holdover yeah. from stagey. Like, you know, it's, yeah. this is obviously not reality. So it's like right. a lot more like it's real theoretical, almost kind of like fictional. Not yeah. theoretical, but the fictionalized and archety yeah. archetypical and stylized. Right. And, you know, and that goes on to original Star Trek series was like that. It was a mixture. It was cool. You could relate to the people, but it was still very stylized, you know, the acting. Um, I remember being a kid, you know, my dad took me to see uh, the, the very first Alien. And I'd never really seen a movie like that. I was young. I hadn't seen many movies. But on television, there weren't any movies like that. It was like watching reality TV. Because their acting styles were not stylized. It was like you were watching something really happening. And that really drew the audience into it. You could relate to these characters. Because they were like you type of deal. Or they were like people you knew when you were a kid. You're like, this is really happening. These movies are a good example of stylized theater being shot on film. It's very stagey, old-fashioned stagey, you know, which uh, it's going to give a certain kind of tone, and one of the and and, and it, it tends to be kind of bleak, you know, not bleak. What's a good? Not a lot of emotion to it. You don't really relate to these people, and I don't really think I don't really think the audiences of the time related to the people. I think they related more to the monsters. Well, and the thing about this one too, because and I, what I was gonna say when you were talking about yeah. this movie being a big influence on you know James Cameron or like later yeah. monster movies, was that ironically, well, I don't know if it's ironically, but Creature from the Black Lagoon, um, they basically based it on Beauty and the Beast or King Kong or yeah. kind of like a template like that because you do, I mean, in this one, you could, even though it's not explicitly spelled out in the movie, the humans are the bad guys. Yeah. Really? I mean... They didn't ask... They didn't, they're the not, like, portrayed that way. Yeah, <laughs> like, the creature was just mining his own beeswax in his yeah. little black lagoon. Um, you know, had that scientist not found that fossil and said, hey, we're going to go down this lagoon or, like, find this other... Find the rest of this fossil. And then they found the living one. And then they got all head up because they're like, oh, my God, we got to capture this because nobody will believe us and we're yeah. going to take it back. And then they start, like, poisoning the fucking water and, like, blowing yeah. shit up and everything yeah, like that. Him. And the, Yeah, and he's just like, dude, I was, I'm just, like, swimming here. Is yeah. that okay with you or like i said so it, it wasn't like real explicit but the more you watch the movie you're like yeah the people are the bad guys yeah there was one guy in there that tried to stop it at the end yeah Everybody yeah was yeah like, no no stop shooting and they were gonna shoot him in the back while he was running yeah like, they're like him. dude no let him go you know yeah because that one blonde guy was like a was a fuck nut the, yeah the one the, the one slightly let the one slightly different yeah. looking guy <laughs> and in typical 1950s actually pre it went all the way back to the 30s too the monster is, for some reason, attracted to the woman. And if you look at the difference between the damn fish man and the woman, he would think that she was disgusting. You know what I mean? She, that fish man wouldn't think that I don't know, cute. man. Because I mean, Guillermo del Toro... She was cute, Toro, but she wasn't that cute. <laughs> Guillermo del Toro, I mean, most of you guys know, but like, um, he had been wanting to make Creature from the Black Lagoon for a really long time, like do a remake of it. Uh, and he loved that movie so much. And then, like, it kept falling through and kept falling through because, you know, Dark Universe and all that kind of stuff. And then he just ne didn't do it. And he said, fuck it. I'm just going to make my own story that's sort of like that. So he made The Shape of Water uh, and that and won an Oscar. Yeah. But that's essentially what it would have been like if the fish man... Uh, you know, got captured, and then, like, a human woman fell in love with him, and he fell in love with her, so they actually, like, have a relationship, like, the fish man and the and the woman, so, um, you know, so that's what would have happened, but it was his own take on Creature from the Black Lagoon, it's actually very good, if you haven't seen it, it's not a horror movie, exactly, 
But um, it has like horror elements to it, but it's really good. I did a review of it a little while back. It came out, what, 2018, 2019, something like that. But, uh, but yeah. So, uh, an interesting thing, too, about, like, the one of the guys that played, like, the, the darker-haired, uh, you know, generic white man. Yeah. <laughs> that guy, Richard Carlson, he was in a ton of stuff. He was also uh, a writer, like a screenwriter, and I've been doing, you know, that Boris Karloff thriller series, and he yeah. wrote some episodes of that, and he was, like, in it as, as well, because I was, like... When I cross-referenced, I was like, oh my god, that was the guy from Creatures in the Black Lagoon. So it's like, you always kind of see, like, the same people turning up like that. And like I said, Julia Adams was, like, super, super hot in this. But, oh, and Whit Bissell was in it, too, and he was in a bunch of those 50s. I think he was a, um, he was in I Was a Teenage Werewolf? Was he in I Was a Teenage Werewolf? Yeah, he was mm-hmm. one, he was in one of those. But, um, yeah, he was in all that kind of, he always played, like, the same kind of part. But yeah, so basically, you know, they they just go down to the Amazon. They find this creature. The blonde guy is basically like, we need to capture this creature and like get him. So the rest of the movie is them trying to capture the creature, the creature falling in love with the human woman. And, you know, essentially then like after, um, you know, the the actually the um, the creature tries to keep them from leaving the lagoon because so he's smart. Like he seems to have like kind of human intelligence because once he figures out that, um, you know, that they want to go back and, like, bring more people there. Like, and, oh, they're going to fuck it up even worse. Like, he's like, well, you guys can't leave. So he just, like, tries to, like, block them into the lagoon. Like, they do get out, but he does try to, like, prevent them from leaving, which I was like, oh, okay, so he's not that dumb. But, yeah, so the thing about it is that, I mean, I still think I love the monster design, okay, on this. And we were talking about it because I had forgotten, like, how this was made, but, um... They were talking about when they first made the costume, they were going to try and put, you know, like an oxygen tank or some kind of thing where, like, the dude could breathe. Mm. They figured out they couldn't do it because it would look stupid. Right. So uh, they didn't. Uh, So the guy, it's two two different guys. Um, On land, uh, he's played by a guy named Ben Chapman. And underwater, probably more famously, he's played by uh, stuntman Rico Browning. And who is actually still alive, and he does horror cons. Um, I've seen him at a couple horror cons. So he's still out there, like, you know, doing the Gill Man thing, which is, like, really, really cool. But, yeah, he would um, he would just hold his breath. Now, they said that sometimes he would hold his breath for four minutes, which um, he's, like, well, he's like, well, you could technically maybe hold your breath for four minutes, like, if you weren't doing anything, like, if you were just sitting yeah. there. Because there were some shots of that. Yeah, using up your but he's like, if you're swimming around and stuff, maybe two minutes tops. Yeah. That's about all he could do. So anytime you see the Gill Man swimming around underwater, he doesn't have a tank. He doesn't have nothing. That's just, like, a dude in yeah. a suit swimming around. Yeah, I didn't see any bubbles. So I was, like... and. Especially, like, toward the... Because we were, like, talking about, like, toward the end with those underwater fight scenes. Yeah. Like, with him fighting the dudes underwater. I'm like, holy crap, that's amazing if that dude is just, like, fucking... Yeah. Holding his breath like that. That's what shines in this movie is the underwater Big action. time. Big okay. time. It looks like something... Okay, a lot of times in the 50s movies, it's just kind of real static bullshit Like action. lumbering monster yeah. suits. It's, this looks fast. Yeah. The, the edit's really good. It looks It looks dangerous. It looks like they really are fighting. Then you got you got scuba divers. They're going pretty fast, and they're got uh, spear guns and shit trying to fight him. And they're they're going underneath stuff. It, it, it's good. It, the edit is very good. It's a very well edited and acted out action sh- scenes. Yeah. The only thing, the only scenes I've ever seen like this in the fifties would be like them when the uh, when the army was fighting the ants under in the in, in the flood control systems underneath L.A. And also when, uh, yeah, that scene, I think it was under L.A., 
those dudes, some of those dudes really knew how to handle weapons. And guys in close combat with Thompson submachine guns against giant ants, you could buy it. And that's really kind of where they went with aliens, you know, with the, the colonial space marines fighting the things. This also kind of kind of brings in aliens or alien the, the costume looks really good and as far as i know that costume probably was not topped until alien i yeah, can't I think mean, of any really, other monster that looks real credible like that a full it body looks monster. like a real creature it looks like a real animal pretty real pretty yeah real. i mean like as far as, as, far as, as especially as far as like the the, the standards 50s, of the 50s went. the 50s of the time it's pretty real pretty, which you know most of the monsters right. in the 50s looked pretty janky right i'm trying <laughs> to think of any lie. other movie after that that had a realistic full body suit monster alien probably the next yeah, one yeah it's like really hard to think of one i mean i'm alien. sure there is one that we're forgetting but I mean that goddamn that fucking Gilman suit is so yeah. good. It looks so good. Well, I'm not talking about a zombie or anything like that. I'm, I'm talking about a full body dude in a monster like suit. like a monster suit. Monster suit, and I yeah. can't think of anything after this, right up until Alien One. Alien. Yeah, so that's like that's, more than twenty years. Yeah, because I remember being a kid in the '70s, mid '70s, and the the only monster suit that impressed me up until that time was the creature from the black lagoon there wasn't anything else and then alien came out it was 79 and i was just like oh you know it just totally changed the paradigm i mean the, think about it man the the apes from planet of the apes didn't look real no then i mean I, they know, looked good i'm yeah, not they, saying they, they didn't they, look good but they, they didn't look like that i didn't no. really think that that was a real ape person <laughs> yeah, no, you knew, you knew it was a dude. You knew that was a dude in a mask. This thing, you know what I mean? You know it's a guy in a, basically a, a souped-up wetsuit. But it you can buy it, especially in the 50s and context. The You're thing like, okay. about it, like, I'm, I'm usually a big advocate of, like, oh, don't show your monster that much and stuff like that. But I'll make an exception for this movie because that fucking suit looks so good. Yeah. And they show it, like, in lots of different contexts. He's walking around on land. He's swimming yeah. around in the water. They show him, like, being still. They show him really close up. The first time they show it, a hand comes up out of the water and grabs some rocks, and you go, "Damn, that hand looks good." It's got webbed fingers on it. It looked, it yeah, it's looked, fantastic. It looked like the real aquatic monster hand, and so I'm glad that they showed it as much as they did and got yeah. the kind of shots that they got. They're real action shots, especially the underwater shots. It looks great. Those are amazing. They look great. I mean, he's swimming in that suit. And hold his and, breath. And it, yeah, and it looks like something real. I mean, it was creepy when I was a kid. I was seeing it on television. Like, man, that's fucking creepy looking. That thing. I even like the shots of yeah. him where they just show him and he's like under the water, like looking yeah. up at the boat, yeah. like from like in the right. in the weeds or whatever. That's like it's really creepy looking. Goggle fish eyes, fish eyed looking things. It's got look like real glass eyes in it. So I guess you could see through them. Yeah, he could see. Well, mostly. Yeah. He said he could mostly see like in front. He didn't really have any peripheral vision. The only thing before Alien 1 that came out that could rival that costume would be like the Slee Stacks from um, yeah. Land of the Lost. Yeah. Everything else fucking sucked. And I went back and looked at the Slee Stacks, and for the time they for television... They looked okay. I mean, for as low budget for as, as low that budget as TV was. show was, they yeah. were actually way better than they had any right yeah. to be. <laughs> they were pretty good. Especially the Enoch one, the one that could talk, the brown one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he, he looked better. Uh, <laughs> so, like, Creature from Black Lagoon and the Slee Stacks, that'd be about it. Can we talk about, let's, let's talk a little bit about this, because I feel like maybe a lot of people don't know this little bit of horror trivia. So, the head of the Gilman costume was designed by a woman named Millicent Patrick. 
Now, she was a one of the first female Disney animators. She worked on Fantasia. Uh, she worked on, but she worked on like a bunch of stuff. And actually, she went on and worked on a bunch of 50s sci-fi. But I mean, she did like some of the masks and the mole people. And she worked on the Metaluna guy from like this island Earth. All this kind of stuff. So she did the head for the creature from the so she sculpted it. She did like the design and everything like that. Now, when the movie was first coming out, because she was like very young and very pretty, uh, they made her part of the marketing materials. Like you know, Beauty made the Beast, all this other kind of stuff. And she went on a tour, right? Like with the her drawings of the head and everything. So she was doing that, and then behind her back. Universal Studios and the makeup artist who was also working on the Gilman suit, uh, whose name I know, but I'm not going to say it because he's because <laughs> he's an asshole. But he basically went to Universal and cried because he didn't want her to get the credit for designing the head, even though she did. So Universal said, okay. So they changed all the marketing to Beauty Lives with the Beast rather than Beauty Made the Beast, which is what it was originally. And they basically took her name off the shit. And then when she got back to L.A. after the tour, they fired her. Damn. At his insistence because he was so butthurt that she had done the head and he wanted the credit for it. And he took credit for it uh, for a long time. I don't think they actually figured out that she had actually made it until the 2000s or later. Hmm. So... I was like, wow. So she never got another job. What a shitty dude. Yeah, like, after that, um, she basically went back into, like, acting and, mo- like, minor acting and modeling. She mm. didn't uh, work again. Like I said, she did do some minor stuff on Mole People, but I think Mole People was before this, now that I'm thinking about it. But at least she's getting credit now, but it's like, I was like, wow, that was, like, really, really shitty. Mm. <laughs> that was really shitty that <laughs> that dude did that. But, uh, but, yeah, everybody knows now, but, you know, it's a little too late to help her any. But yeah, there's that. Uh, because, like I said, this the Gilman costume is like fucking iconic, and it's, it's easily the best monster of the fifties. I, I wonder mean, if it's still around. Somebody's oh, I don't it. know. Somebody's, Somebody's got to have, have that. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't think that they would have gotten yeah. rid of. And I don't yeah. know if they had more than one. I think they just had, had several. Of them. I mean, you would think that they would have several. That's what they yeah. would usually do. Just in case something goes wrong. In case one. something goes wrong. And I'm not really sure because it was two guys playing it. I'm not really sure if they were both wearing the same suit. Right. You know what I mean? Because maybe they had to have adjustments. Maybe one's like slightly different size or something like that. Also, another thing I didn't know about Creature from the Black Lagoon was that it was originally shot to be shown in 3D. Hmm. Um, but well, that makes sense why some of the stuff is coming straight in. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. It's like I didn't really notice it that much yeah. when I was watching it. But then when I looked it up, I was like, oh, yeah, like I remembered some kind of stuff. The thing about it, though, is like they were thinking about because um, I think a year prior they had done well, I think it was House of Wax maybe. And that was like 3D and that was kind of a big hit. So they were like, oh, well, we need to do a 3D one, too. But then by the time it was coming out, 3D was kind of fizzling out a little bit. And so, really, only the really big, like, big city theaters got the 3D. Like, pretty much everybody else in the country saw it in 2D. And honestly, like, for a long time, even when they tried to, like, release it, um, because I think it had the gray filter, like they do 3D nowadays. It didn't have, like, the black and and blue thing, or not black and blue, but red and blue. Yeah, well, it wasn't color. Right, yeah, yeah, so, but for a long time, like, they tried to release different versions of it in 3D, but it's like they can never get it to line up right, and it was all this other kind of shit, so I don't know, like, maybe you can get it now, like, where you can watch it, watch it the way it's supposed to be watched, but as far as I know, you can't, like, we, every version I've ever seen is flat, so I didn't even realize that it was supposed to have been 
filmed in 3D? I don't think it would make a big difference. I don't think it would. I mean, from what I heard, like, at least from people that saw it back then in 3D, because it did show in some theaters, they said it looked amazing, like, in 3D. But, you know, but, uh, I I don't know. So, because not that many people got to see it, apparently. But, yeah. So, there was... There are certain things that don't hold up about the movie. Um, It's got a lot of dialogue in it that is, if you ask me, filler. Uh, but that's well, real that's common 50s, for the fifties. Pretty much all fifties monster movies um, are like that. Yeah, they're just trying to pad the movie out to get get some more time out of it, and they spend a lot of time explaining things to you that you should know, or things that aren't really all that relevant. Like they they even got get into some subjects like, well, this will teach us how animals evolve, so we can learn to evolve ourselves on other planets when we colonize other planets. That's kind of far thinking. Remember that? Yeah, that's right. I was like, yeah, genetically engineering human beings so they can live on Mars. Yeah, they were talking about that shit in the 50s. That kind of stuff. So, um, (laughs) but here's the deal. That's totally irrelevant to this. But they talked about it. They used that as filler. So at least a lot of the padding and the filler is kind of interesting. You know, it would have been, that would have been real interesting in the 50s. Well, and uh, they were trying to give it like a realistic and also right. like a sci-fi context. Right. Just like, ooh man, that's like think about that. You know right, what I'm yeah. saying? And that's why we want to study this, this, monster, this monster like so thing. much. Right. Yeah, I get it. Um had it been made later, they just would have edited all that out and it'd have been straight action through the whole thing. Yeah. Probably would have held up a little bit better. Um but it was just the limitations and the tastes of the time. You know, they were yeah. that's what that's what the audience expected. And I think Watching these movies, I have a feeling that the audience did, really didn't pay too close attention to the dialogue anyway. I think they were sitting in the theater eating popcorn, fucking yelling. Probably. Probably little kids. <laughs> little kids yelling and shit. They were just waiting for the monster. Yeah, waiting for the monster to show. Yeah, clapping on the monster. They probably didn't really know the story <laughs> because they're actually entertaining if you just watch them like that, too. So I kind of think a lot of the dialogue goes in one ear and out the other. I I mean, honestly, as long as you got the... And there is a lot of the monster in this. I'm not going to lie. A lot of the monster is in that. And also, you know, you get Julia Adams in that swimsuit. So I'm sure that was really... Yeah, um, they they make sure you see that she's well built, you know. Um, Although the swimming scenes were not her. That was a body double. Okay, she's she's, she's well built, good looking woman. How old was she? 21? Um, I don't know, actually. Yeah, Yeah. I think she was just in her 20s. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so you can see how the the gill man would be like, yowza. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? She had nice legs. She did, yeah. Yeah. Although, like I said, in the swimming scenes, uh, that wasn't her. That was somebody else. But she, I mean, they show her in the bathing suit. Yeah, she's walking around on the boat and stuff. So it's not like it's all body double. Just the swimming is the body double. Um, Also, this is a fun fact, too. Like, all the underwater stuff was actually filmed right here in Florida. Uh, mm-hmm. In Wakula Springs, actually, yeah. which is only about four hours from here, I feel I like. I think it's supposed to be hours. the Amazon. It is. It is yeah. supposed to be the Amazon. Right. But, um, you know, they're not going to go to the fucking Amazon no. in the 50s no. and film. You wouldn't want to go there now and film. Well, that's what Amazon. I'm saying. It would probably be, like, the too bugs dangerous. bugs fucking That's what I mean. It's too dangerous. It's just too expensive. Weather. It's too yeah. much trouble. Most of it, I mean, they filmed a lot of it on Universal's backlot, like they did with most of the stuff. Um, but, you know, all, I think almost all of it, like, the outside shots, other than the underwater stuff, was filmed in California. But, like, the underwater stuff was filmed in Florida, in Wakula Springs. So... You know, there's that too. And actually, I didn't know that that was where they shot it, but that's where they shot it. But yeah, I think, like I said, I kind of feel like, you know, like a lot of 50s films, it does have that kind of, you know, white dude standing around talking about stuff. Yeah. But a lot of 50s movies had that. Yeah. Um, and at least and we're not this... being racist. We're white people. It's just... 
<laughs> no, I'm just it's saying. Just, well, no, I mean that they are. They're not they're really doing. any. And honestly, yeah. at least and this they're... does have like some more interesting. Like it has the hot girl, and yeah. it also has like the funny yeah. boat captain. Yeah. Uh, who, like I said, he's also in the sequel. I don't know if he's in the third one, but I know for sure he's in the sequel. They're just very generic archetypes. They're kinda, right, right, right. They're kind of conformist in the way that where they're very predictable. You know what kind of characters are going to be in these movies. Every one of these movies has the same assortment of characters. The scientist dude, the fu- the fucking uh, the leading man jock, basically. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the tough guy from the, the Bronx or something. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? It, yeah. it's, it, the southern guy. Yeah. The, uh, Very archetypical. Yeah, it's all archetype. And then you got then you got like the Mexican guy who's yeah. almost usually comedic relief. Um, Sadly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what you say, senor? You know all that kind of stuff. You know, you hamming it up and shit. Um, uh, the big strong black guy that's always in there a lot of times it's in there yeah not this one not this one this one, one well uh, yeah, I mean they do have two like um, who guys who are supposed to be like you know Amazonian like guides or whatever yeah. at the beginning and they're not really played as comic relief although um, they're just basically monster fodder because yeah, they get, they get they're the first up. ones that get eaten yeah. by the monster yeah. you know which is kind of shitty but you know it's just it's just the way they wrote those movies and it was just the way they were trying to play to certain demographics of the time and uh, the audience was very different who was going to see these movies and you wanted them to play nationwide so you had to have like at least one person from every fucking region uh they all kind of had to be understandable to everybody no matter what region you lived in so it was basically transatlantic and fake southern accents um and f- <laughs> It's, they're just real predictable. You guys know 50s movies if, you, if you're watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the way they were. But that's the thing. Generic. I, I kind of feel like other than, you know, that very, which like I said is admittedly a very minor criticism uh, because this movie is not long so it's not mm. like it drags or anything like that. But um, but really the star of the show here obviously is the monster. The suit looks great. They show a lot of the monster. The monster and the girl. And the monster is like the hero. He's not the hero because he kills a lot of people but he's kind of like a misunderstood like you don't blame him for killing the people because yeah. like get the fuck out of my house it's like all yeah. these people came in and started fucking up like i said they poisoned the water like yeah. at one point trying to get him like i don't know if all the fish died or if they just shooting him is the first thing they did didn't they shoot him isn't that the first thing that happens to him pretty much probably he was, <laughs> i was like yeah that sounds about right he was up on the deck of the boat and they shot him yeah you know so it's not you know yeah, they, so the boss was like, D- dude, yeah, yeah. I'm just... I think he was just standing on a boat. Like I said. He was looking at the girl standing on a boat, and I think they shot him. I think that's the first thing that happened. Because, I mean, the thing about it was, like, the Black Lagoon... Or did Lagoon. he jump up and kill somebody who was up on the... I don't remember. There was well, some, see, I, I think thought... he killed some guys up on the bank. He just... he They did, but he yeah. was... um Yeah, he came up fr- and he killed the two guides. The two guides, right. Right. But he might have had a prior beef with them. We don't know. Right, we don't know. <laughs> that was, like, the first thing. And they right. were invading, like I said. He doesn't yeah. know. He's an animal. Yeah. So it's like, all he sees is, like, who the fuck are these motherfuckers yeah. camping out on my shit? Yeah. It's like, normally nobody's here. Yeah. So, so this is another thing where, like, in King Kong... This is kind of like man's hubris, I guess. Yeah. Like you're wandering into this place where previously the monster had lived just minding his own business, yeah. and then you blundered in there, yeah. like trying to capture him and shit like that. Of course he's gonna fight back. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know it's not his fault he fell in love with that girl. She looked hot in that swimsuit, and he's lonely. There's not yeah. another lady monster around yeah. anywhere. It looked like. So you know you can't really blame the guy. 
But I'm just saying, so, like, at the end, um, you know, it looks like he dies at the end, but they do kind of, like, leave it ambiguous, because, like I said, you know, spoiler alert, there is a, a sequel. There's actually two sequels. Uh, Revenge of the Creature, which I've seen multiple times, because it was on Mystery Science Theater. It's not bad. Uh, the suit in that looks better. Um, Nestor Paiva, the guy that plays the, um, the boat captain, he returns. Uh, but it's like a new story. Uh, the third one, I've seen stills from it or like clips from it and it looks not that great. And I don't think they use the same suit because uh, the suit looks um, significantly shittier. Yeah. So um, I think if it's if it was the right thing that I was looking at. So I don't know. I'm kind of curious to see it just, you know, just to see what it's like. But, you know, but honestly, like the first one is the best one. But the second one's OK, too, if you want to go that route. Although the MST episode is like a lot funnier. <laughs> probably than just watching it by itself but yeah i kind of feel like the the monster is the main reason to watch this and those unbelievable like underwater shots like all the underwater shots are amazing the underwater fight scenes the underwater yeah. action scenes like you don't even see shit that good like nowadays sometimes you, you definitely didn't see anything that good in the 80s no the no underwater way shots nope I mean, that legit looked like a dude and a monster, like, fighting yeah. underwater, and it's just, like, wasn't... I mean, it was really well done. Yeah. Really well done. So, yeah. Those are the best parts of the movie. They are, yeah. I think when that's, like, definitely the, the highlights. When he's on land and he's in his lair, nah, I don't buy it as much. And it's because the way they instructed that actor, they sh he's just walking around in a suit, kind of lumbered around. That suit looked pretty flexible. I'd have had a guy who was real um, good at dance or ballet or like mime, mimery. Yeah. And have him walk like an animal. I mean, like, okay, like in Predator 1, the guy who played the Predator was a big old tall dancer. Was a dancer, yeah. And he made that movie, he made that character believable the way he's walking and jumping. And, you know what I mean? You have to know how to use your body to become that creature. And to me, the guy just looks just kind of like a shambling kind of a yeah. And like I said, it was a different dude. And, yeah, he looked a lot more natural underwater. But yeah. like I said, that underwater was a, he looked great. That was yeah. a different dude. That was like yeah. a, a that played him like on land. Right. Played him underwater. And the dude that was underwater was like kind of like an underwater yeah. They, stunt they, they type needed guy. they needed a dude like a diver. They needed a dude like the dude that played the predator yeah. running around in that thing. And you get to see him. He does a cameo at the very end. He's the uh, the uh, the helicopter pilot, the black guy at the very end when the shit's blowing up. They come to save the to save Arnold. Yeah, that's he, the guy who played. He the died player. young, didn't he? Died young. Yeah, unfortunately. Died of AIDS from a from a blood transfusion. Yeah, he was a big tall guy. He had yeah. cancer. But yeah, that's the thing. Well, and that's why um, you know the guy um, and shit. I can't remember what his name was right now. But the guy that plays um, that played the fish man and the Guillermo del Toro movie Shape of Water he played mm -hmm. um, you know the Pale Man in Pan's Labyrinth mm -hmm. like he, anytime he played Abe Sa Sapien in Hellboy like anytime you need like a creature it's that guy and it's kind of the same kind of thing I don't think that guy's a dancer but he's like you know he's very very slim and he's like yeah. very good at like physicality like doing yeah. physical th that makes him look like a monster make him look like inhuman in a lot of ways you because become a character. you do and that's the thing and I like I said I kind of feel like you know, the underwater scenes with the Gill Man, like, that definitely looks like a real creature, like a real creature that could exist, like the yeah. way he's moving around, because it's very natural. Whereas, like you said, on land, it's it's still good, like, on land, it's still, the suit yeah. looks good and everything like that, but it's it does... definitely a man. It does suffer a little bit from that kind of, yeah. like, man in a monster suit yeah. thing. He but needs, not as bad as, like, some other... He needs to be hunched ones. over, he needs to have more of a hop, more of a hop walk, almost like a 
bipedal frog or something, some kind of an amphibian kind of a looking thing, something that can jump from rock to rock and sit the right way. You know. Yeah, maybe it would have been better to make him not bipedal, but then, right. but not then, like, bipedal. but then, like, he couldn't carry the girl around, which was a big part of the market. Throw over his shoulder, though. Yeah, like yeah. it might have been cooler if he was more like Morton, like alligator. Yeah, like that maybe should have shown him climbing up rocks and sitting up on top of fucking things, jumping off and sitting funny. You know, sitting like a frog or something. Like a gargoyle. <laughs> yeah, that'd have been cool. Yeah. That'd have been cool. Although I will argue, like I said, I think the suit still looks amazing. Yeah. Like, like on land, it still looks good. It looks good in every... Because I was like really looking at it like while we were watching the movie. And I was yeah. like, man, that suit's fucking incredible. It's yeah. like the attention to detail. The reason why it wasn't really making sense for me, underneath the water, it looked very smooth and fluid. It looked natural. But even when was walking on land, it's just a man in a suit. I'd have had him. He should have been real fast and agile, you know, and going around rocks and climbing and jumping and they could have done that they if they could shoot those underwater shots they could have shot stuff above ground and edited it right kind of like he did with the predator you yeah know? just have him more amphibian and you just needed the right guy to become that creature on land some kind of a acrobat or some kind of a dancer yeah 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 probably it, that was just some dude in a suit yeah well what are you gonna do yeah. like i said i think it was a stuntman yeah I think it was a stuntman. Yeah, wrong guy. <laughs> he needed a dancer. But yeah. Or a well, mime. I just, like I said, I don't really know if they thought about that too much back then because they were right. just like, well, we're just making a monster movie. Just a monster movie. They didn't yeah. know that, like, you know, 50 years later, like, people were going to be talking about it still. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, this many years later, we're still, you know, how, like, influential it was. So, yeah, you know, they didn't really think about it. They thought of it more throwaway, I guess. Yeah, I don't really blame the stuntman because shit, it was his direction. That's what probably what the director told him to do. He probably could have done, you know, better under a different direction too. You know? Yeah, that's a yeah, that's just also. you know he's just doing what they're told, what he was told to do. Yeah, like I said, they just probably it's too much like Frankenstein. You have to think too that like in the 1950s they still weren't taking horror and sci-fi all yeah. that seriously, so it was just kind of like hey, it's just yeah. a monster movie like for the kids, you know what I mean? Right. But you know, I mean, but they did like to be fair, they did spend like a really lot those of time making was... yeah making yeah. the suit look amazing yeah. and you know doing those underwater shots. So they did care a little bit, obviously. I'm just saying that maybe they didn't. Maybe it just didn't, didn't go like that dots. extra mile. Yeah, they, they haven't you know connected I mean? the dots yet. You know what I mean? That you have to become this creature all the time. You yeah. Need, you know, and it has to. And the edit had to be. It looked too slow. Too much like Frankenstein. Yeah. You know, but underneath the water, it's fast and agile, and it had to be fast and agile on land. And they, yeah, did, they I didn't. Gotcha. They didn't. They didn't ask him to do that. Yeah. Oh well, what are you gonna do? Yeah, it's I'd have been using. It should have been using terrain and hiding in the bushes and jumping. And that's just a totally different route than what they did. They just had it out in the open, shambling, walking towards the water, climbing up on a boat. Climb, they, they climbed they, up on a boat. Well, he was trying to get the girl. You know. Yeah. He's just like, I'll just be taking this boot. Yeah. <laughs> if you look, an, animals don't just fucking do what that thing did. You know, what I mean, they use terrain and they run over things and jump and and they sh should have had it do that. You, they could have done it. Although I do think they were trying to imply that he was partly human, too. Because, like I said, he was smart enough to know how to climb onto the boat. He was smart enough to know how to block the la the lagoon to keep them from getting out. Because right. he understood that okay. they would bring more people. Well, I'm like, back. if they left. I'm going to come, come back at you with something. The humans had technology and firearms. You have to have an advantage for the monster so to, to, right, to, yeah. to give him a chance. And, and typically, in a good 
creature feature monster movie now modern one it's his physicality right speed it, it can uh, camouflage that kind of stuff you know and they could have done it they yeah. just could have edited it a different way should have done it kind of like predator where you see hints of the motion you don't see him covering a lot of distance it's in flashes yeah and you, you chop it up to make it look like damn you know he went fast right you know because it's only like two or three seconds and then they show it in slow motion to make you think it's happening fast, see? That's how I do things sometimes. <laughs> I go real slow, all right? And, and it fools everybody into thinking that I did it fast, see? <laughs> Didn't know about that? Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta get out of here. See? See how fast I was? See how fast? Okay, Tom. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right so uh, what do you guys think about Creature from the Black Lagoon? Probably the last of the iconic universal monster movies and the one that you know introduced a new one that hadn't yeah. existed before so that was like kind of neat but yeah so it's on uh tubi at the moment if you want to watch it for free also let me know if you've seen the third one and if it's worth watching because i've seen the second one and that one's okay but it's like i don't know if i should waste time watching the third one or not because i don't really hear anything about it so if you've seen it like let me know if it's worth watching and i'll i'll look into it all right so that'll do it for this movie retrospective we'll see you guys again on the next one bye Thank <laughs> you.